Welcome to the Tweed Couch Guitar Therapy Session, where we talk about all things guitar-related. My name is Dr. T, and I am not a licensed therapist, but I play one on a podcast. Today, on the Tweed Couch, we are counseling on reasons for strings breaking. I have been playing guitar for 26 years. It has been about 15 years since I broke a string. I remember getting those first few gigs and the excitement when I got on stage, playing the song, interacting with my bandmates, engaging the crowd, all 12 of them. And now it's my time to shine, time to shred the solo, time to melt faces, time to do what I have done in front of a mirror in my room with the amp turned down so no one could hear me mess up a thousand times. The attempt of a mediocre facsimile of a guitar solo. And just as it hits, the string breaks. Why? Why did the string break? Is it the guitar? Is it the string? Is it the barometric pressure that is trying to work its way into the venue from a nearby storm? We're going to discuss this and more on this episode of The Tweed Couch. First, let me start by saying I am still a touring musician. I'm what people would call a hired gun. Now, a hired gun is someone who is not necessarily part of the band. They are just paid to come in and do their part on a session or on a tour with a band. But this is not my full-time gig anymore. I have a few guitars that I reserve for the road and some I keep at home or I play in a more controlled setting, like a studio or a church. With that said, it's confession time. I currently have eight guitars hanging on my wall that I play at least once a week that I've not had a string change in six years or more. So why have I been able to keep strings from breaking so long? I mean, 15 years is a really long time to not have broken a string. When I play live and I do big bends, they don't break. When I hit the guitar hard, they don't break. And so something has to be happening. So first, let's counsel on what is a string made of? Well, generally speaking, a string is made of steel or nickel or brass, bronze, or some combination of all those metals. There are a few others out there, but when it comes to metals, it's usually steel, nickel, brass, bronze, all right, or a combination. On a standard electric six string, the top three of the guitar, E, A, and D, they have like this core that is metal, And then it gets wrapped in a metal. Usually the core is going to be steel or nickel. Sometimes they get wrapped in the same metal. And sometimes they get wrapped in a different metal. So for an acoustic, the G string also gets wrapped. And um, usually the string is going to end up being either like a bronze or or a brass. Um, Sometimes it's both, you know, because you've got a core and you've got a winding. But the bottom strings for both guitars, they're really just a solid wire and there's no core. It's worth mentioning that in the early electric guitars, the G was actually a wound string. This is part of the reason why when you look at vintage Fender guitars, you'll see that there's these staggered pole pieces. Well, they did the staggered pole piece because the G 
was wound. And funny enough, you might think of this as the G string being the third lowest gauge on the guitar set. But what I'm going to tell you is it's actually the lowest to the same as the E string, and then it gets wound. So the E string and the B string, they go up in their gauge, then the G string actually lowers its gauge and it gets wound, then D gets its core and it gets wound, A gets its core, it gets wound, E gets its core and gets wound. So in a wound string set, like an acoustic, the G is actually one of your more fragile strings. Well, in early electric guitars, the G was a fragile string. And because it had a low core diameter, the ability for the pickup to be able to get the magnetism from that core required that the pole piece be higher up so more signal could make it into the pickup from the string and then, of course, go to amplification. Now that you understand that the G-string has a smaller core, that might make a little bit more sense on why on an acoustic guitar set that has a wound G-string, you might be more susceptible to breaking that. Last thing to mention on strings and what they're made of. On classical guitars, when they use strings, it's either nylon or it's gut. Yeah, I said gut dried and processed for your listening pleasure. Fortunately for you, I'm not going to talk about classical guitar strings. Which makes sense if you really think about it, because we might have some vegan listeners, and I don't want to offend anybody. I really don't. So, why is it that we talked about what strings are made of? Well, it was to help you understand that these are strong, pliable metals. You can't just break them with your bare hands. When you change your strings and you have the little loose ends at the end, you use wire cutters. You don't just break them off. If you are one of those types of people that you you loosen the string and then you kind of get it nice and loose and then you just cut it in the middle and unwind things, you had to cut it. You couldn't just tear it, right? So you need wire cutters. So this is something that is very strong. These are strong metals. Now you may be asking yourself, self, if this string is so strong, why does the string break? Well, honestly, it's not because of you somehow gaining like Hulk strength during your mayhem enriched, shredding ensued, soul burning, life changing solo. Likely it's due to something cutting it. Okay, quick story. I bought a 2003 Les Paul Classic back in 2004 to take on gigs and to use on tour. I needed something that I loved the look of, I loved the sound of, and I loved the playability. Well, that summer, I took the guitar on seven outdoor shows at a festival called Life Fest. Life Fest is out in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. And I'll be honest, it's an amazing festival, and I highly recommend it if you're into any kind of quality Christian music. These shows were so hot that year that I couldn't keep the sweat from dripping. Two of these shows were done in a metal horse barn, and it was sponsored by Famous Dave's Barbecue, and it was appropriately named The Pit. And I felt like we were actually in a smoker pit. It was over 100 degrees Fahrenheit in the building with the windows open and the barn doors open. The next weekend, we had a concert in Illinois, and I started to break A-strings. After a few shows, I went, you know what? 
obviously, A strings are the second thickest string on my guitar. This seems odd. I need to take it in someplace. So I decided to take it to a luthier in St. Paul. Uh, the name of the place was called Brown's Guitar Factory, and they did an amazing job. What they found was that my bridge had rusted through. So the sweat that dripped down my arm went onto my bridge. And then the sweat dried and then rusted out the bridge, causing a burr. Now, some of you are asking the question right now, what's a burr? Well, a burr is an imperfection in the surface of what your string touches. It can be a snag, a bind, or something that just cuts your string. If you have a burr, then you will be able to diagnose it relatively easily. After a couple of string breaks, you can start to look at it and say, well, that happened to have broken down by my bridge, so it must be an issue with my bridge. Or that happened to break up at the nut, so the issue must be in the nut. Or no, that happened to break farther up the headstock, so it must be a problem at the machine heads, the posts, and there may be a burr there. You see, it's important to examine the gear fail and then contemplate the reasons. Strings will break in an area of contact. Not that it's going to break where your finger is or where your pick is, but instead, it's going to break at a point where you have some sort of a tension, like the machine head, like the nut, like the bridge, like wherever it's anchored to. So for me, having an A string go once, well, that could be a fluke. Having A string go twice in the same spot, well, that's problematic, and I need to resolve that. Okay, hopefully it makes sense that things will wear out. After all, there's a lot of places that the string touches and vibrates. I mean, it's metal. The string touches the metal bridge, or the metal string touches the plastic, or bone, or tusk, or graftech nut. Although I understand some nuts are made of metal, like the Gibson Zero Fret and the, the Fender Roller Ball, but these things also have to deal with metal touching a material and wearing it down. Oh, and I forgot, there's the metal tuner. The metal tuner is not excused from the chance to get a burr. I mean, especially as it touches the eyelet or as it, as it goes onto that metal post. I've seen where a locking tuner will develop a burr and then it will actually cut every time you try to lock down the string. So let's now counsel on ways you can prevent this. Traditional non-locking tuners can use this quote-unquote lock method to be able to prevent the eyelet of the machine head being damaged. I could describe it as taking the string and putting it in the eyelet and then backing the string out about an inch and a half, kinking it, wrapping the string underneath itself, and then bending it over the top and tuning it up. But really, it would probably be easier if you just went to your favorite search engine and you put in there lock method for guitar strings. And I guarantee you that one of the first videos that shows up is going to be that the lock method for guitar strings. Of course, I understand that a lot of you have locking tuners. Now with locking tuners, the idea of it is to be simple. You pull the string all the way through, you lock it down, it's good to go. 
but sometimes that will increase the amount of tension on that post of the machine head. So something you may want to do is you may want to wrap the post. So you get one full wrap around it whenever you tune it after you've locked it down. Now, interestingly enough, Paul Reed Smith Guitar Factory, they have done the idea of pull it through, lock it down, tune. But recently, every Paul Reed Smith guitar that I've gotten from the factory has had one wrap around the post. And the reason why, according to a technician, a luthier at Paul Reed Smith, was that Paul actually could hear a difference between no wraps and one wraps around the post. So who am I to disagree with a guy that has an ear like Paul Reed Smith? Anyway, back to the session. When you change strings, I recommend a visual inspection and some sort of a lubricant being added to the nut and bridge every time you restring. Okay, well, do you need to add a graphite or a Big Ben's nut sauce or a chapstick or whatever you use to the nut and bridge every time? Well, no, technically you don't, but I think it's an easy precaution to decrease the binding up in those areas. Okay, let's say that your guitar is 100% perfect and it's in tip-top shape. Can you still break a string? Well, of course you can break a string. Just because you have a guitar that is in tip-top shape or you haven't broke a string in a long time doesn't mean that you don't bring a spare set to the gig. It doesn't mean that you don't have spare sets at home. You need to make sure that you have it because your guitar is only at 100% until it's not. And you want to be prepared for that day. Okay, so let's go back to that original scenario, that scenario where your guitar is 100% perfection in functionality, it is in tip-top shape, and now you get a set of strings and you put it on. Could the strings be compromised? Well, it's not like there's never been a bad batch of a brand before, but 99.9% of the time, the issue is less likely the string and more likely the technique of the user. When the string is brought up to pitch, it's under a lot of tension. If you are trying to bend an extra octave out of a string, or you're trying to tune the guitar up past its designated pitch, then you're going to have a higher likelihood of strings breaking. So maybe you need a heavier gauge string. Maybe you need a lighter gauge string. Maybe you need a string that has a certain coating. Maybe you need a string that isn't made of nickel or isn't made of steel. Maybe you need something like aluminum. I don't know. They make a lot of different strings out there. There are limitations to matter. If you pound the strings, they will wear down. If your hands are really acidic or sweaty, they will wear down. If you like to tune up and down on your guitar a lot, like, oh, I'm doing a lot of drop D and then I'm going dad gad and then I'm going to go ahead and just do the whole thing in E flat and you're changing the pitch or you are sliding it past the nut or the bridge over and over and over again, you're going to end up wearing it down. And it's more than just the strings that are actually being worn down. It is also the parts. I mean, if you remember my earlier story about my Les Paul, your sweat, your grime, and your gunk can cause damage to the strings and damage to your hardware. People often say to bring a towel and wipe the strings after you play to get the oils off. 
And this is a fine idea, unless you play a coded string. If you play a coded string, you may be damaging the code and effectively introducing grime and gunk into the string when you wipe it off. If you are looking for a way to help support the Tweed Couch and it costs no money to you, then check out our YouTube channel and become a subscriber. Also, you can tell someone about the podcast and share an episode with them. Thank you for listening and thank you for your support. As we start to finish out this session, we need to do what we have done each time and ask questions like, what is your goal and what is your budget? Now, if your goal is to be a hobbyist, whether you're beginner, intermediate, or advanced, you don't have to feel pressured to change your strings as often as everyone else does. If you enjoy playing and you enjoy the tone of your guitar, leave the old strings on and change them whenever you feel like they're getting gross or the tone is starting to be depleted. People will say you must change your strings once a year, and I think that's actually a good practice. I mean, after all, it gives you a chance to do some minor maintenance, like cleaning the headstock or the fretboard between the pickups and around the bridge, maybe add some oil to the fretboard or whatever. But of course, just because I like the practice doesn't mean I always do it. Remember my earlier confession. I have eight guitars with strings that have not been changed for six or more years. Now, of course, I should answer the question, how could I let this happen? And honestly, it's because I forget. My hands, they don't sweat a lot. And I have very few guitars that I actually use when I do like an outdoor show, which is probably the biggest deadener of strings for me. Also, certain guitars that I have are really dedicated to certain venues that I play. When I play out on tour, most of the time I don't need a guitar with a piezo pickup. But when I play at church, I like to have a guitar with a piezo pickup in case I need more of an acoustic sound. But probably the reason why I haven't changed some of them in six or more years is simply just because when I pick them up, they still sound amazing. So I just forget, and I leave it. I guess this is where the therapy session takes an interesting turn. It's the point in which we learn that it's not you on the tweed couch actually getting therapy. It's me. I'm the one getting the therapy. Anyway, we need to get back to goals and budget. Alright, so, if you are breaking strings, and you are a hobbyist, do not be hesitant to take your guitar to a repair shop. If it takes a couple weeks for them to get it repaired and you get something back that you're going to actually enjoy more, then do it. Why not? Alright, so that wraps up the goals portion of a hobbyist, but what is your budget? If you're going to leave strings on for a while, well then maybe you should feel free to spend a little bit more money on a nicer set. Something that has the tone that you want and possibly a coating for a little bit of a longer life. For me, I play Elixir acoustic strings which are about $15 a pack. They have a long life. They bring out the tone that I want from my Taylor and my Martin and my Gibson and my Takamini acoustic guitars. But for my electric, I play the $5 pack of Diodario XL strings. They're relatively cheap and they give me a good mix between the longevity and the playability that I'm looking for. You know, you wouldn't guess it, but I actually enjoy changing the guitar strings from time to time. It's just... Sometimes, I don't think about it, because the guitar continues to sound good. Alright, so let's say that you are a professional. If this is your job, you're a worship leader, you're a music director, you're a wedding, bar mitzvah, quinceanera band, 
you're a busker, bar bander, a weekend warrior, small stage, big stage, or no stage, you should change your strings as often as necessary to make sure that your tool works flawlessly. If that means that you change strings every gig, well then do it. Let me tell you another quick story. Back in the early 2000s, I was single, and my tour schedule was nearly every day for a year. I would change my strings about every two weeks, unless it was an outdoor gig, because remember, that would just completely destroy my strings, and so in which case, I would just change them after I got done with that outdoor gig. Around 2003, my schedule started to become really sporadic. We'd leave for a few days, be back a week or two... Then we would leave again for maybe a couple of weeks, and then we'd be back for just a few days. So usually what I would end up doing is just changing my strings right before we left on any quote-unquote tour, and then bring spare sets in case I needed a change while on the road. If we were ever in the studio, then what I would do is I would always change my strings right before we went into a session. So if we had like three days worth of sessions, I would change my strings, do the three days, and if we had four days off and then went back into the studio for another three days, then I would change my strings again right before that. Now, as a professional musician, I had difficulties wanting to give up my guitar to get it repaired. After all, it is the guitar that I wanted to use when I was playing on stage or in a studio session. So if this is something that you run into as well, sometimes you just have to plan it out in advance. You need to ask yourself, what does my tour schedule look like? What do my upcoming gigs look like? Can I use a different guitar? Can I borrow a buddy's guitar? Does the shop have a loaner? If any of that is possible, then it's probably worth it for you to do it and make sure that your guitar is at tip-top shape farther down the line. Neglect of some issues can actually lead to further problems. I mean, after all, this is the cost of doing business. If you're self-employed, you already understand this. If your computer breaks or your parts wear out, you pay for the fix. If the chair you currently have is uncomfortable or you want a different chair, then you need to buy the different chair. So the same thing goes with this. If you have a guitar that is broke or the parts are worn out, you pay to fix it. If your guitar doesn't do what you need it to do, then you modify it or you get a different one. Okay, so I think we danced around the whole purpose of this therapy session a little bit. As we bring this therapy session to a close, let's focus what we're doing on our purpose. Maybe your string is breaking too often. Maybe it's because you don't change them enough or they're worn out. Maybe it's because the string doesn't match your technique or your style very well. Or maybe you have a burr in the guitar somewhere in the chain of what the string touches and vibrates on. Remember, it's important to examine your instrument if there's a burr in the eyelet or the machine head, well, sand it down. If there is one in the nut, well, get a fret file and just kind of lightly clean the groove. Add some lubricant, like some graphite or something like that. If it's in the saddle, you can use a file or possibly some sandpaper. If you don't know what's wrong or you fear that you're going to make a mistake, well, then send it to a luthier and have them work their magic. As I said before, it's been 15 years since I broke a string. Taking care of your instrument will save you years of frustration and give you a lifetime of soulful playing. Well, that concludes our session of the Tweed Couch Guitar Therapy Session. My name is Dr. T, and remember, I'm not a licensed therapist, but I have fun talking gear. Until our next time. <laughs>